0: while insisting he was not intoxicated, could not explain his nudity. Well, I'm not normally a praying man. But if you're up there, please save me, Superman. Let's face it, this is not the worst thing you've told me to done. Hi, and welcome to the Crisis on Infinite Good Lives Podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Amanda. Do you do like a bump of blow before we do the show? You're always so goddamn cheery when we start.
1: Not as far as you know.
0: <laughs> Stay out of my stash, goddammit.
1: Uh, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, well,
0: this is uh, episode 22? 22. Episode 22, and it's at the end of a long fucking American Independence Day weekend.
1: America! Booyah! <laughs> That's right, I'm yeah. high on life
0: on life yeah because that's how we roll (laughs) we're just we just shovel life into our noses and livers and
1: i am elated from a sense of of patriotism and msg yeah chinese for lunch
0: i just shot america straight into my (laughs) eye duct my tear duct no it's the problem is yeah it's been a long weekend and we both took Thursday off too. Yep. So this is the fourth day of a long weekend. Yep. And we celebrate as Americans do with savagely heavy drinking. Yeah. To the point where yesterday I drank all day. We, you did. We both drank all day. It's we true. started at noon.
1: Well, it was really closer to one like, all right. to be fair. Alright, don't take away my sense of invincibility. Dumb. That's all I got left.
0: <laughs> we started at fine one o'clock and went until like eleven. And I drank most of a case of beer. You did. And it was, there's just been so much excess over the previous few days. It was like I drank nothing. I went to bed basically sober. (laughs) It wasn't like I drank myself to sleep. It was I drank myself into surrender. Fuck it. This isn't going to (laughs) happen. I'm just going to sleep this off. And maybe tomorrow, (laughs) tomorrow I'll be able to get something going.
1: I consumed um, approximately three bottles of wine yesterday. So, you know. Yeah, and, and you were not—you
0: were not all that fucked up when we went to no. bed. You were basically the, the same thing I was. All right, I'm, I'm ready for bed. This is
1: well—that's just it. Like I, it, the 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 perils of being a professional drinker. I held—I held myself at a pretty steady marathon pace, like the kind of pace you—you you know, you're in for the haul, so you're not—you know, chugging up front. You're just drinking at a typical pace, so that you can kind of. Keep going with this session for as long as you need to.
0: Yeah, I know. And that's something that's very <laughs> foreign to me. I think it happened to me by accident, whether through sheer fatigue or the sun or whatever. Because normally, normally in these kind of <laughs> literally bouts of drinking, I'm, I'm George Foreman. I'm going for the quick knockout. And yeah, you're Ali you're- uh, roping a dope so I fall asleep so you can watch whatever shitty shows you want on the TiVo. <laughs>
1: Why, why is there yet another Japanese zombie flick in your Netflix queue? Yeah. I have no idea, Rob. I...
0: Yeah, <laughs> I, I wake up on usually Sunday mornings and terrible things have happened to my Netflix and my TiVo to-do list. Oh, and... look,
1: there appears to have been a marathon of hoarders. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, how can you watch that show? I drink. I mean, <laughs> because I watch it and, you know, I've mentioned it on the show before, I've been in this ongoing battle to clear this... The uh, the room we use is a studio of comic books, and it's been nonstop, literally almost every Saturday and Sunday afternoon.
1: You don't know what happens after you go to bed, though. I mean, I know where you're going with this. Maybe it's just making me freak out, and there could be some meth-induced cleaning jag happening right afterwards that you don't know about.
0: Yeah, no, I can account for every comic book I put (laughs) away from this room. And I just uh, finished the 31st long box of books. I hauled the 30th over to storage this week.
1: You've been very industrious.
0: Yeah, well, every time I watch Hoarders, I think of this room, and I get very cold. <laughs> I, I feel very terrible about myself.
1: Cold? I, I could fix the A.C.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, that, it, it won't help that kind of bone-chilling soul death That, that real, as you would bring out your 30th long box and realize 300...
1: Bone-chilling soul death. That might be a title. That's possible, but... <laughs>
0: When you bring out your 30th long box, and it's, okay, 300 books at an average of $3 per cover price, and what the fuck, this is why I can't retire, is this fucking storage (laughs) locker. I have nothing left.
1: I think you should. That and booze. Okay, (laughs) I think you should for, you know, when that locker is found by the survivors of the zombie apocalypse, you should put, like... A prop replica of the Staff of Ra or something in there. You make it worthwhile. <laughs> yeah,
0: like they found something of value instead of, no, these are the books I don't think will ever be worth anything, but I can't bear to part with them.
1: What is this, Howard the Duck? I don't <laughs> <laughs> No,
0: Howard the Duck State. Howard the Duck. That, that could be worth something. But, That's uh, true. Ghost Rider Volume 3. <laughs> yeah! The, the, who is this Danny Ketch from the past? We, we must worship the Ghost Rider. Oh, no, you should not. Yeah, no. What's. <laughs> What, the, the Badrock and Company? What? <laughs> uh. So, yeah, it's been a savage weekend. And the sad thing is we really didn't do very much, because the, the weather up here in Boston hadn't been bad the last couple days. But the first couple days, it was you know, Hurricane Arthur sort of passed.
1: And Can I say I was just so disappointed? I heard... Hurricane, and it turned out to be Arthur. I swear, I heard Archer, and I got really excited.
0: <laughs> do, do you want power loss? that's how you get power <laughs> outages.
1: You know, Hurricane Archer would have been just you know, mayhem and and stuff exploding for no good reason. That path was, of destruction.
0: I know it would have, would have been awesome. Just random violence. Hurricane Arthur, you know, Hurricane Arthur is what follows Hurricane Tick, and just says, "I'm sorry." <laughs>
1: Of course, it's just drunk in a bathtub. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would leave you with one. <laughs>
0: that's a worst Dudley Moore impression <laughs> that's ever been put uh, on the internet.
1: Better than anyone I can do. <laughs> oh,
0: well. So, but yeah, I mean, the weather sucked here in Boston for a couple of days to the point they moved up the fireworks and everything to like
1: July Thursday, 3rd yeah. to
0: sort of beat the horrible monsoon. So, we probably like a lot of people, and I really did not expect.
1: A July third preemptive dribble of patriotism. <laughs>
0: <laughs> dribble of patriotism, you say? Yeah, write, write that, that down. one down. Because <laughs> it just the visuals it brings are truly horrible. That <laughs> uh, dribble of patriotism, but a little bleach will get that out. <laughs> oh God! But yeah, so we wound up. I really didn't anticipate we'd be doing this. Uh, I just sort of threw it on, sort of as background noise initially, and we really got sucked in. Have been watching it just about. Non-stop. The Walking Dead. The Walking Dead marathon. They've done starting. What was it Thursday?
1: Yes, I think, or possibly Friday. Might have been Friday.
0: Yeah, they started it. Yeah, at some point, and it's every episode from the very first one.
1: Yeah, when well, it was on like this grainy film stock. Yeah, and... <laughs> it, it really had
0: a different look early on. Yeah, it's you know, almost documentary shot on like Super 8 or something. Yeah. Um, which has sort of gone away, but so yeah, it was just. And certainly we've watched the show from the beginning because we've been reading the comic, I think, since issue seven. Seven, And we yeah. got in right after that first trade came out. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, those books aren't going to storage either. <laughs> but uh, but it's the first time. We've got the first couple of seasons on Blu-ray, which we have sort of...
1: Watched off and on. Yeah, well, and more
0: peremptorily bought and yeah you know, watched a couple of episodes in particular because it's, it's hard to schedule the kind of binge it takes to go through anything i, I bought up well,
1: to the... like they're coming up on the fifth season now right
0: yeah and after the first one i think they've all been 20 episode seasons yeah, or something like that so it's, it's a ton of episodes but it, it's hard to schedule that kind of binge you almost have to fall into it because mm. I, I bought the complete breaking bad as soon as the show ended and we haven't watched a fucking frame of it it's just i feel we need to have it and eventually the day will come uh, nothing's on cables out Yeah. Yeah, TiVo exploded. (laughs) Cat pissed on the internet router. Don't give (laughs)
1: him ideas. Don't give him ideas.
0: But, (laughs) so yeah, we just sort of put Walking Dead on, and it's the first time I think, I think we probably watched the first season Blu-rays when we first got them. So it would have been three years ago at this point, but it's the first time we've watched any of them other than that, I think, since the original airing. We just sort of have been watching it as the show airs, and my God, that's a hard fucking show to just sit down and watch.
1: Yeah, because after after you watch, particularly after the first season, and the first season is is a rough enough uh, set of circumstances for that group to get through, just the shit that just is never-ending that keeps happening to them over and over, Over. Oh, it's
0: relentless. Yes, it's
1: it's relentless, and it's one thing if you're watching it weekly, where you you know you're left like, oh god, what's going to happen to them next week? And you have a week to recover, and then it's like, oh shit, there's more things happening to them. God, it sucks to be them. Then you have a week to recover, and now it's just like, wow, I that bottle of pills over there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
0: it's by the end of like the second day, it's like, oh, the sun's out. I don't want to go outside. (laughs) (laughs) Did you see what's out there for fuck's sake? But yeah, it's just, it's really, it does not relent on you at all. And the, you don't realize, because the way it's structured yeah. is yeah, you know, to give you, yeah, there's uh, depressing stuff, but there's always sort of a half-assed cliffhanger. So it's like, all right, well, that was bad, but I'm looking forward to next week. And when, right. it, when it just sort of keeps happening, you realize uh, there's, not only is there no happy ending here, there's <laughs> there's very little happiness here it's it's in short bursts
1: well, It's like coming in on like the the tail end of the, i think it was the season 3 stuff where it's like all right they're still dealing with the governor and and the assault that he wants to make on the prison the first time around yeah and and then now there's also this this virus <laughs> that oh, is attacking yeah. the weaker members of of the party in the camp at the prison and <laughs> yeah
0: i mean you get happy moments yeah uh, Glenn proposing to Maggie and even that he rips the fingers off a zombie uh, a, a female zombie who has a wedding ring on to give to her it's that that's as happy as it gets the, yeah and
1: then he immediately gets like you know the the the, the zombie consumption or whatever that.
0: Is. Oh yeah, no, then it's a gunfight with the, the governor. Yeah. It's, yeah, you get a happy moment. The Walking Dead Christmas special is everybody gets urinary tract infections and that's all Cranberry that happens. juice
1: for everybody. Yeah, but th-
0: that's all that happens. <laughs> <laughs> that's as good as it gets. But that really is the strength of watching them in a binge like that. And it's made me decide that after San Diego Comic-Con is paid off so sometime in two or three years when i have some money again um i'll pick up season three and four on blu-ray because i could stand to do another binge like that because the stuff that is good yeah back to back is really effective the season three watching the governor descend from oh he looks like kind of a nice if stern leader of a burgeoning community yeah to yammering spastic oh. shooting at his own people and ready to rip eyes out of heads and yeah it's really effective that david morrissey the actor who played the governor really hammered that one and then to see it in season four which as we're recording this is just finishing up so we're gonna miss the last few yeah because frankly i just couldn't fucking take it anymore <laughs> it's, it's like, rob you gonna shower today why bother <laughs>
1: Rob, uh, what's that that razor blade you you got there, buddy? (laughs) You want to maybe put that down?
0: (laughs) Wasn't quite that bad. Oh, okay,
1: horizontal. All right, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. Yeah,
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, even the booze doesn't help anymore. (laughs) See, The Walking Dead just does stuff to you. But, so, yeah, I mean, just seeing that vice close as the governor just gets crazy, and no matter what Rick does.
1: Yeah, although to, to watch the two of them, like, tune each other up uh, in the climactic second prison battle. Uh was nice to see, although it, Rick, if the governor hadn't died through all of the other circumstances, I think Rick came out of it worse than the governor would have. Probably. Because he, he's not in a good way by the beginning of the next season.
0: Oh, yeah. it's The, the governor was winning. The governor was murdering him until but show nicely came up and... <laughs>
1: poked him. <laughs> yeah.
0: Just g- gave him a little love poke in the back. With a machete. The, through the front. <laughs> now, now, it was a katana. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, don't get the fucking knife freaks after us. You've met my brother. We'll never hear the end of it if you name the knife Tre- wrong.
1: Trevor Shea will send us an angry email.
0: Oh, Christ. <laughs> but, uh... So, yeah, I mean, that was really effective, but the, the downside to watching it burst like this is the stuff that doesn't necessarily feel like it works as well.
1: Or the stuff that's... Uh, It's necessary for character development, but you just don't want to have to relive, like, in that first episode of the next season where it's it's Carl and Rick, and Carl is trying to get his manhood on, and is just acting like an insufferable little prick that needs to be backhanded, and Rick doesn't have the energy.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that was... (laughs) The, what what did you say? The if we were playing the Walking Dead drinking if it was game? a drinking
1: game where it was like you know drink every time Carl does something fucking insufferable I would have been drunk ten minutes in.
0: Like, well, why didn't you tell me? I could have set Tiva to record that <laughs> one. I could maybe get drunk tonight.
1: Well, you know and this, a similar thing is gonna it, it has either come up or or we managed to miss because Beth is about to do the same thing with moonshine uh, with Daryl yep. in in an episode. And it's just like ugh, oh, yep, yeah, I remember my first whiskey too. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this is going to go so poorly for you.
0: <laughs> really? If you remember your first whiskey, you didn't fucking do it, right? Uh,
1: I don't remember parts of it.
0: You know, it's, it it's like my old joke. It's like, oh, I had f- five fingers of whiskey. It's a fist of whiskey. Oh,
1: no, yeah. I've been fisted by whiskey. <laughs> I don't think it means what you think it means. I think it... I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but I, I mean, my first... I suppose my first technical whiskey experience with Southern, was Southern Comfort. And uh, to be fair... I remember drinking some of it, and then I remember puking a lot, and then I don't remember a large chunk of things. Yeah,
0: Southern Comfort doesn't fucking count. Southern Comfort is everybody's first, you know, air quote, whiskey experience. Because, oh, I'm drinking it out of a bottle that, you know, if you sort of squint at it and you're already half crocked, it looks like a Jack Daniels bottle. It's except... like if
1: whiskey and cough syrup had a child. Yeah,
0: it's it's fucking hard. Her... child. It's <laughs> recreational formula 44D. <laughs> it's like, And it doesn't even have the benefit of Romalar to just knock you right the fuck out. <laughs>
1: true or it's codeine. horrible
0: yeah it's just it's horrible stuff <laughs> and when it comes through your nose it's yeah that, that's why no adults <laughs> drink southern comfort because it is the one booze once you throw it up just yeah, the he's... sense memory i could feel it now coming out of my nose you know in the freshman dorm toilet it was horrible
1: <laughs> all right so who's hungry
0: <laughs> yeah. i mean it's the booze that makes jack daniels seem like a viable alternative <laughs> so and it certainly worked for me and yeah i first time i drank jack daniels i remember buying it that's <laughs> so i'm saying if that's your first whiskey experience you shouldn't remember it you didn't do it
1: right well i suppose if you say jack daniels tastes like punching a police officer southern comfort tastes like kind of ineffectually you know slashing at a campus security officer or... yeah. <laughs> southern comfort
0: <laughs> southern comfort tastes like your girlfriend <laughs> dumping you and crying for four or five <laughs> hours it's just it's terrible shit
1: so anyway, Beth is having her first whiskey. Yeah, oh. and Southern Comfort
0: will never be sponsoring this show. <laughs> no, so.
1: no, that's okay.
0: <laughs> but yeah, we've uh, whipped off on a tangent. That's <laughs> yeah. I mean, some of the characters, it's well, it's uh, some of the plot points. It's hard to watch because I never found the uh, the Martian zombie death flu that goes through the prison in the fourth season. I should probably. At this point, yeah, we're just spoiling everything. So. <laughs> you haven't
1: seen the show already. <laughs> yeah, it,
0: it, you should just assume this show is packed with spoilers at all fucking times. So, Yeah. Um, But yeah, when the, the flu goes through the prison, that never really did a lot for me. And it felt like, even watching it last year, felt like it was dragging. It was, okay, people are getting sick and there's this side murder plot and uh, Daryl and company are off for an interminable amount of time trying to get antibiotics well i you
1: know kirkman always conceived the book and the show as the zombie movie that never ends and so you know to be fair i've seen a lot of zombie movies i don't think i've seen anything that's dealt with so what if the swine flu hit at the same time as the zombie apocalypse yeah Um, so
0: i guess it's a semi-interesting concept but it just to me, it felt like the writers who were trying to break the season knew. Okay, we've got David Morrissey to come back as the governor for this many episodes, and yep. we think it'll be a nice, tight concluding arc for maybe three of them. But we got ten in the front half, so we need some shit to do. Yeah, and so it, yeah, we'll put this thing in because it 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 makes it like a bottle seven episodes. We got a couple of people out on low on location shoots. Um, but everybody else is just in the prison, so we can just sort of do it here and have occasional zombies outside the fence.
1: I thought it kind of served the purpose, though, of—it gave Herschel that much more gravitas because he had been so integral to the group after being curmudgeonly in the initial season where they stayed at his farmhouse, where it was—he you know, yeah, was all about, we're going to save everybody, including yeah. the zombies— And 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 my rules or or get the fuck out. Um,
0: Yeah, that was another arc that just seemed to go on forever and ever and ever.
1: That one was not as well received by the fans. Um, But with with this particular piece, you know, he has to be he's been doing duty as the doctor without officially being a doctor. He was like, oh, he had farm vet training because he had a farm. Right. So now he's with this doctor Caleb, who is dying. <laughs> yeah, who is he's you know showing him things that he needs to know how to do, filling IV bags and and giving him a device, and like you have to be okay with, le- with letting your patients go; otherwise, you're going to lose everybody. Yeah, and
0: certainly with what happened to Herschel at the end, giving him that kind of uh, gravitas certainly it it definitely worked but i'm just sitting here thinking how the other one of the other things the show has done at least a couple times is okay we will have an archetype yeah and when we kill that archetype a new dude will just sort of slot in to do that same thing yeah
1: cuz herschel had kind of stepped into the Dell role of the older statesman with yeah. you know with wisdom of years and experience to counter whatever crazy shit rick wanted to do because rick is the leader, damn it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yep, for good or ill, (laughs) often more ill. Yeah. So, yeah, we kill Dale off, and okay, here's Herschel to continue doing the same thing, and on a far more cynical viewpoint, (laughs) the T-Dog with his crucial role of being the black guy on the show (laughs) dies just in time for Tyrese to be the black guy on the show. Yeah. Which in the fourth season granted they added a few more characters of gender and color, so it's less of an issue, but it's a more diverse cast. A more diverse cast, but at the time it was just all right, we killed the black guy, we need another one or well, one
1: man we, falls, another will rise. Yeah,
0: well, we got to get to Tyrese. We can't have two <laughs> black guys. It'd be fucking anarchy. <laughs> Yee. So, so, yeah, the Herschel character arc was certainly satisfying others weren't i think it was about the fifth episode of season two where i tweeted my first you suck andrew tweet
1: (laughs) Oh there's a character all right now i think the walking dead demonstrates um that you can deviate from source material and still be a successful adaptation of a comic's property yes um, not all of the choices, to my mind, were successful, and one of which being uh, the downfall of Andrea. Yeah, it's... who in the comic book started life, you know, with her sister as okay, fine. Yeah, you know, what? they were exploiting Dale. <laughs> totally. Um, you know, a lot of things were implied happening in the uh, the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. So that they would have a roof over their head and, uh, transportation. When,
0: <laughs> hey, when the trailer rocked.
1: <laughs> D- then they had found Viagra in one of the towns or something, but.
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sleeping tonight. All right, go ahead.
1: <laughs> but, uh, they took that, because in the, in the comics, especially after Amy dies, she gets the hell away from that. Um, although I do find it interesting in the most recent arcs that she is now with Rick the strongest there is
0: <laughs> yeah but uh, let's also be fair she had a long arc through well, yeah. many of the six issue episodes where that, she proved herself yeah. utterly competent and independent and
1: that's i was going to get back to that but yes,
0: okay um, <laughs> i'm a ruiner i'd fuck shut up that's shut okay up,
1: I'll, I'll i'll step on some of your shit later i, I know i will it, it won't be on purpose and hey Thank you. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> my point being, though, that in the book, though, they decided we're going to seize on this idea, and she's going to cozy up to any male that she thinks can protect her. You know, just stupid. Uh, yeah, go ahead. You know, have sex with Shane in the Hyundai. You know, like, if, <laughs> that's a good idea. <laughs>
0: in a Hyundai? <laughs> For God's sake, rock almost anything else. But
1: um, You know, and then her her. With the governor. You know, it's even kind of impl- implied, you know, all right, why is she with Michonne for so long? Like, what's going on there? Like, <laughs> I,
0: I did get a, a bit of a sapphic bend to some of Yes.
1: That. I mean, not that there's anything wrong with that, but one yeah. does feel that after a certain point, all of the stuff that made her a strong character in the comic book. They just didn't really feel like, you know what? We've got a strong character in Michonne. We can't possibly have <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Andrea be strong. <laughs> yeah, it seems like
0: they made a lot... Whether it was on purpose over a long period of time or just sort of a, shit, we're in a room and we got to get to episode 20 so we can all go on vacation for the summer.
1: Although that being said... um Carol's character also deviated 180 degrees from the book, where she was so distraught by events that eventually she suicided by zombie, leaving her daughter behind, Sophia.
0: Yeah. Um, Well, let's talk about Carol in a minute. Okay. But I'm
1: saying, like, so it's not like there wasn't other strong female characters in retrospect. It's just not Andrea. Yeah.
0: Yeah, (laughs) I I don't think there was any kind of choice in the writer's room to say, oh, all women are flighty and useless, and, you know, it's a. Certainly, characters have you know, come up and shown themselves to be strong, and not just Michonne, who was automatically going to be that way because, yeah. frankly, Kirkman wrote a Ninja. Yeah. <laughs> a flat out yeah. Ninja, and you're going to make that badass and show some vulnerability, that's secondary. Um, it seems to me the choices that they made with Andrea, again, whether it was, I, I doubt it was on purpose over the course of, three seasons but yeah it was uh, okay uh to get through this yeah Andrea has to do this stupid thing to cause the we need somebody to do this stupid thing for this thing to happen and Andrea makes sense here and uh, we need somebody to and Andrea makes sense here so by the time they got to season three where they just made her almost recklessly stupid and blind and constantly make the wrong decision yeah it's like okay well shit we've Fuck this character up almost beyond recognizability. Yeah. So, all right, let's make it so... Oh, no, she was noble. She was just trying to play all the... She was doing a fistful of dollars, both ends against the middle, to try to create peace and have her go out in sort of a half-heroic way and, okay, shit, we fucked up. Um, Let's keep focusing on Carol. (laughs) And, yeah, uh, Melissa McBride as Carol has had a killer arc from the beginning. Oh, my God, yeah. Which, you know, it's... Certainly not hard to forget, but it really hammers at home from the first couple episodes where she was there to getting, be a damsel in distress. Yeah,
1: getting tuned up by Ed every yeah, other episode. Yeah, Ed,
0: the douchebag. You know, she was there as a catalyst. She was a secondhand catalyst because yeah. she was just there to make Ed do something mean, so Shane could tune him up. Yeah. She was that far down the chain. It's just, no, you just sort of be the first domino.
1: Which was a very satisfying tune-up.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and through the second season, you know, where it's just, oh, where's my daughter? Where's Sophia, for Christ's sake? Over and over and over yeah. again. And then, but through season three and four, is in the third, she's the one who's most likely to be blunt and tell characters the truth. Yeah. To the fourth season of, yeah, yeah I killed those two.
1: It had to be done. What the fuck? She takes out a child, a murderous child who needs to be taken out. Isn't even a zombie yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was that was a brutal episode. That was. Uh yeah,
0: and that's probably happening as we, as we speak.
1: Yeah, that was, that was out of all of the episodes, I think, because it gets into the whole idea of there's no, um there. there's no let up every time they think every time the characters think that it's going to be okay like Melissa McBride and the guy playing Tyrese um, whose name escapes me yeah um, and the two little girls and the baby Judith they find a house and you know maybe they can just settle down here except that Carol needs to be straight with Tyrese that she killed his friends and She's trying to avoid having to tell him that. And it turns out that one of the girls is just incurably psychotic and needs to be put down like a rabid dog, kills her sister. Like spoilers. Um yeah. <laughs> they, they they can't stay there. They you know, ugly truths are revealed. And that was I think probably my favorite episode from last season.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that that was killer. And it it mimicked let's keep in mind this is a show that was willing the first shot yeah. of the show <laughs> yeah. it was a policeman shooting a little girl in the head. Yes. <laughs> Granted she was a zombie, but yeah. that's a hell of a way to say, "Hi, here's what we're about." Yeah. You now, so to basically sort of come back to that in its own the uh, Lenny and what's his name? I never read the classics. Lenny and George. Lenny and George. George has to put down <laughs> all I Lenny. I think of was Lenny and Carl. Oh, God.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, that's a different show. That's yeah. different story. Yeah, Lenny. 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 Le-
0: Look at the Duff sign,
1: lady. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, but. Although, to be fair, in, in that scenario, the one most likely to put, put a shotgun to somebody's head would be Mo. Would be Mo. Uh, yeah, Mo <laughs>
0: would take them all out. <laughs> and it'd be, no, you look at this, you motherfucker.
1: <laughs> just stare at the pickled eggs, Homer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> now I want to see this episode of The Simpsons. They're just all locked in Mo's. Everyone's dead at the end. It's a cartoon. It's you cartoon. just turn it right around
1: we'll be back the next season. Yeah. <laughs> but getting back to 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 this though, um I I found I had a newfound appreciation for the show having sort of binged watched large chunks of this marathon. I'm glad we sort of stumbled upon it. It wasn't necessarily our intention to do this, but Yeah, um, no, it,
0: it definitely wasn't. Uh, we didn't have any particular plans for the weekend, but yeah, I mean to yeah, I fell asleep in front of the TV <laughs> on, on Friday just because, uh, one more, one more episode. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, doing it all the way across definitely brings things out. Like yep. the, the one other character I want to bring up is how far Carl has come yeah. from just being... You oh, know.
1: Carl's out again. Yeah. <laughs> He's out of the house. Yeah. Where'd he go? <laughs> Automatic
0: kid in distress in the first season to he just won't stay in the fucking house in the second season. <laughs> he gets shot, and the first thing he does is, oh, I think I'll go outside afterwards. Yeah. And uh, to borderline serial killer in training in the third, yeah. just offing some kid in cold blood.
1: Had to do it. Had to be put down. You know,
0: To at least... Semi competence and adulthood, even though at the end of the episode where he shows the most, simultaneously shows the most comf- competence and petulant teenage bullshit that would make you in God, a civilized society him. <laughs> blast him with a taser. It's uh, yeah, he ends it eating 126 ounces of fucking chocolate pudding like a nine-year-old. It's, <laughs> but it's it's been a decent arc from just sort of willful. I'm a kid. He's still willful, but at least he's gained some skills, yeah. even if he's clearly never going to be the great American citizen. I have to
1: say, though, the look of relief on Rick's face when Michonne finally showed up and just found them by accident. Like, oh, good. Mom analogs here.
0: Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Somebody who can talk to this little fuck. Because <laughs> uh, I want to talk to him so little, I'm going into a three-day coma. <laughs> so I don't have to fucking deal with him. But... Yeah, I mean, going through the thing, it, you don't realize also, you know, going back to the first season, you don't realize how much you miss some of these characters. Like, it's it, true. Some of them I don't even, I, I still don't recognize, because we missed a few, we were in and out yep. uh, on that first day. So I probably caught half of the first season. Yep. So some of them I still don't remember who they are. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, yeah. That, Dale, I would forgotten I missed Dale. Yeah. You know, as basically being Herschel. He was like Herschel, but not quite as Jesus-y. Yeah. Which was you know pretty nice. And Laurie, I always <laughs> thought the character was kind of a pain in the ass, but my God, that death scene and the acting that went into it, that was just fucking brutal.
1: Yeah. Um, I. The thing about Dale that I liked about him. I mean, and granted, at times, you wanted him to shut up. He's like, no, no, people need to kill things and move on. It's the only way they can survive. But Dale chose to retain his essential humanity and broadcast his choice to do that and why it's important to do that for, for the duration that his character lived in yeah. the series. He he was there to remind them that you do not always have to choose to be brutal, even if you were in brutal circumstance. Yeah, I mean he
0: was as Herschel became uh, the voice of morality. Yeah. That everyone, including at times each each of those characters, but everyone constantly struggles with as anyone would struggle with in a catastrophic. Yeah. Yeah, you know, an event that catastrophic.
1: Yeah, I mean he he's the one that talks Andrea out of killing herself by saying, "Fine, if you won't leave, I'll stay here with you." Yeah, in yeah. the CDC episode. Yeah. You know that that takes stones to to and be that selfless. Yeah, no,
0: I'm not sure I would do it. <laughs> Look, you and I have discussed when the zombie apocalypse happens. Uh, I will be dying. <laughs> uh, I will be with my bottle of Jack Daniels, even Southern Comfort, if that's what it takes. <laughs> I'll be just right by the front door, almost pounding on it. Come on, zombies, because I ain't gonna make it.
1: <laughs> Pretty sure that the uh, the Brandeis kids in the area will have emptied the liquor stores out of both Jack Daniels and Southern Comfort. No, fuck
0: that. I might not be able to take zombies, but I'll <laughs> uh, I'll take a fucking college kid right the fuck out.
1: It <laughs> gets between me and booze. You're saying you might be down to like something with a green label
0: or something. Yeah. Uh, no, I won't. <laughs> Actually, that might save us. There will be a pile of dead fucking college students in front of our door protecting us from the zombies clawing at them. The okay. zombies will get full and sleepy and loggy before they even get to us. And then we can just... Uh, Kill them with a pipe wrench or something.
1: Excellent. Do we have a pipe wrench?
0: Uh, we'll get one. Okay. <laughs> I imagine we have pipes. When I flush the toilet, it goes somewhere.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> the fuck do I know? I hire I'll people. buy
1: you a pipe wrench for Christmas. <laughs> oh, it's
0: just what I always wanted. <laughs> get me the good pipe wrench from a... Uh... Oh, shit, I can't think of the video game. Half-Life. Okay. That way I can like hang it on the wall like it's art. Can <laughs> name it thud. No, it's it's Gordon <laughs> Gordon Freeman's pipe wrench. Yeah, who? <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah, we got to get to that game because clearly I haven't played it long enough. If I couldn't remember the name of it, but uh, did we have a point? Was I guess somewhere <laughs> before I decided I was going to take out college students
1: with a pipe wrench? No, wait, that was for the zombies.
0: Right. No, <laughs> it could be for the college students too. <laughs>
1: I think the the point being, uh, we were talking about essential humanity of of characters and and selflessness that they would demonstrate. Yes. In the face of of brutality and and senseless violence. Yes. So. And you were countering that with booze.
0: Well, that's that how is I,
1: your solution to the zombie apocalypse. That's how I've countered every <laughs>
0: difficult decision or moment I've had to make since I was 18 years old. It's worked out pretty well so far. But. Yeah, I mean, a, a couple other things uh, that I've noticed watching it all the way through. Uh, did not miss uh, seeing Negan. <laughs> uh, I'm okay with no Negan in the TV show.
1: Dear Mr. Kirkman, no Negan.
0: Yeah, we've been fucking around with Negan in the comics for, it's it's two years now. Yeah. More than two years. Yeah,
1: and more than enough Negan. Yeah, al-
0: although we discussed it, I think, in episode 19, that uh, I think Negan being there and the time jump in the comic... You know, could mean that Rick's turned into the bad guy, and we may find that out, but...
1: Very possibly, or... I don't
0: want to get too far on a tangent. It's a book we already talked about. Yeah,
1: but. Or, um, you know, having rewatched season four, where the governor manages to manipulate an entirely new crop of people to turn against Rick for absolutely no good reason other than his say-so. Um, yeah, but
0: you know what? And I, that was something I was going to bring up that second arc really was an interesting arc for the governor because it really, it it showed that it wasn't circumstance. Yeah. Particular circumstances of Woodbury may have made him that brutal, but it showed him brought down to his absolute lowest and seemingly, even in his own head, willing to try to just get along and be with a small group and be a good person, and not have this kind of effect on people, and just, it happened again. He couldn't help himself. Yeah. And it became as violent as ever. It it was effective looking back on season three to show, uh, it's, this wasn't just a difference of opinion. It's or not his di-
1: fault. Circumstance did this to him. Yeah, no,
0: he was an evil sack of shit. Yeah, and you know, the fact that his girlfriend shot him in the head before he could turn—my God! I got to see Merle as a zombie, and Merle actually <laughs> had some sympathy for at the end. Right. I, I don't get to watch. Michonne should have cut his fucking arms and legs off and just left him and, as a and... as a torso twitching on the ground. <laughs> yeah.
1: Or used him as as her new watchdog.
0: <laughs> yeah, or, or show some other zombie just before he turns eating his other eye. <laughs> Just leave him there blind and twitching. Fuck that guy.
1: But where I was going with that is, you know, I'm wondering if rather than Rick being the bad guy, because I'm kind of hoping he's not, (laughs) is, you know, does Negan have this effect on this new crew that shows up so that he gets to perpetuate his cycle again, thus showing why they shouldn't fucking put him down like a dog?
0: (laughs) That's a possibility, and if it goes that way, because... uh right now one of my great comics goals in life is to see Negan die like a fucking animal. Yeah. <laughs> but if it goes that way uh, I'll be pleasantly surprised and I cuz again I thought it was really effective in the show if he does sort of a an aping of that or similar themes uh with yeah the new crew in uh the compound. Yep. Uh that could be pretty cool, but
1: we'll have to wait and see.
0: Yeah. The other thing I noticed and it certainly has no place in Walking Dead, and I'd like to see it stop in almost every fucking show. <laughs> can we stop the goddamn singer-songwriter moments oh, in God. every fucking hour-long drama, please? Yeah. I it's... think I think it started with Bones. You think so? That's the first one I can remember. No, it... they
1: used to do that in Buffy. It's possible. They totally used to do that in Buffy.
0: Bones is the first time I remember it irritating the shit out of me, where it's somewhere usually in Act 3... There's three minutes of just people looking pensively while they're doing stuff while some singer-songwriter you've never heard of belts out a slow ballad. Yeah,
1: no, this is totally the fault of um, the before it became the CW, when it was WB and the other station that also eventually became... Uh, UPN. Yeah, UPN. Um, In tween-oriented and teen-oriented shows, that would be their moment to showcase somebody most notably uh during i think it's i want to say it's in season three of buffy around graduation day there's um i forgot the name of the artist but the song is goodbye to you um pat benatar no no it's it's some pop singer but it's at the um whatever the name of the club that buffy and friends would hang out at um oh christ if you hadn't asked me i couldn't think of it Son of a bitch!
0: Another thing we got to binge watch.
1: Yeah, but it's uh, <clears throat> they yeah they have that sort of you know moment of you know here's here's where we can drop this in at the end for emotional significance. It, it yeah, goes but, it goes back to at least the the late nineties is what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, but you know what? It's it's cheap jack direction because uh, yeah, putting an emotional song in directly manipulates the audience emotionally without having to do any character or plot or anything to do it yeah and yeah it almost feels like directors and music uh executive it feels like they're saying okay writers take a five minute break go get yourself a drink have a nice gatorade and we'll just uh we'll show everything we'll almost literally tell don't show here's how everybody's feeling or should be feeling right and it's everything just comes to a halt while some dipshit on an acoustic guitar warbles at me. <laughs> I just I can't take it. It's I've got a radio, I've got a fucking MP3 player. I can get to music to manipulate my emotional state. I don't need you to do it.
1: Well, and this was also compounded in this. Uh marathon run i missed them but apparently you saw a bunch of the sarah mclaughlin sad animal commercials oh so my there's like god. no
0: escape <laughs> and i don't know if it was local to boston but yeah it's just uh, oh my god i've been watching 12 straight hours of these people just doomed and then yeah it's, oh sad anim- oh
1: beaten cats you son of a bitch oh that one was lit on fire oh i hate you yeah it's oh. take my money yeah <laughs>
0: Jesus, after we're we're done with the show, let's (laughs) go someplace and get a drink with happy music to emotionally (laughs) manipulate my state. Yes. Because, yeah, I can't handle another binge of Walking Dead right now. I'll pick up the Blu-rays and maybe sometime later this summer when nothing's going on.
1: We'll go up the the street to the place with the cool chicken wings and potato skins where there's a digital jukebox that I can use to rickroll the bar. Actually, can't you do that with your cell phone? I can do that. Yeah, I can do that from here right now if I wanted could to. Could you please
0: Rick Roll them right now? I because... will. Okay. <laughs> I want them softened up when I get in there. They don't know what they're in for, and I don't want any resistance.
1: Yeah, there's there's an application that works with the digital uh, music system they've got there that you can you can call it up from here. I could I Rick Roll the Elks.
0: <laughs> no, you give them Metallica. You give them nothing but Metallica for six hours. I'll foot the bill. <laughs>
1: Done and done.
0: But, so yeah, no no more binge watching. So, pause for segue. <laughs> <laughs> we suck at segues. I don't know. We do. How do you practice a fucking segue?
1: And now, in our program, we'd like to turn our attention to a discussion of the recently leaked pilot for Constantine, which will be on NBC this fall in October.
0: That works. Okay. <laughs> Segways are on you now. <laughs> Clearly, I don't have any talent uh, for it. Pre-
1: too much pressure.
0: I know, but... So, yeah, it's a couple weeks ago, and we discussed it in last week's show. The pilot for CW's Flash came out, uh, and we caught it on, well, caught it. We searched <coughs> relentlessly for it until we found it on YouTube before it got yanked. Yeah. Did the same thing with Constantine. Yeah. Uh, that was leaked earlier this week. Uh, totally didn't steal it. Yeah. Well, no. <laughs> uh, shut up. <laughs> we found it on YouTube. Yes. Get me my Bible. I'm going to swear on it. <laughs> We found it on YouTube. And uh, I don't think it was anywhere... I don't think it was... It wasn't terrible. It got a lot of stuff right, but it really had more... Far more problems than The Flash did.
1: I want to like it. I am not... I am not heartened by this. And I think the problem for me is going to be that I will have more invested in this not sucking than I did in The Flash...
0: Yeah, well, see, The The Flash was always one of my favorite characters going back to when I was a teenager. So, yeah, I had the investment in that. We both have an investment in Hellblazer, yeah. John Constantine. Uh, definite positive, I think uh, Matt Ryan, the actor who's playing Constantine, I generally believed him. I think he generally had the character down. Yep. There were certain character beats that were built into it that advanced the idea at least peripherally, of a guy who will play every end and can't be trusted. Um,
1: yeah, there is, there is definitely a fair amount of John Constantine dick moments.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but not nearly as many as, oh, John Constantine altruist who, right. you know, also is kind of a dick. Yeah. Which really does not fit in with the, the classic characterization. No. Um, so yeah, he... In general, and a lot of pilots suffer from this, it's just sort of a shame in this, and it's a shame because we know the character, so we don't need an introduction. Right. Just so much exposition that was going on. And and
1: without the benefit of tits. See, here's the problem.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, put Constantine on HBO. (laughs)
1: Well, that's this is where I was going 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 to go with this is you know at the very least, you know, I I've now gotten myself accustomed to the higher production values of the the paid cable channel. So if I'm going to be subjected to exposition, at least I have pretty things to look at. <laughs> You're looking at the tits? No, I'm just Anything well, you I mean, wanna tell me. Just saying sometimes there's dude's spits. But the point is <laughs> that also I think coming into this Constantine has a lot to live up to um, insofar as um, Showtime's um, Penny Dreadful just had an incredibly successful first season. So yeah, in terms that show of awesome. atmospheric genre that is based around spiritualist stuff and other macabre goings on, that's a lot to live up to. And granted, they had a better, bigger budget and they can do more because they have more freedoms on paid cable, but if they can do that that well using established tropes from Victorian horror literature and and not doing a straight up adaptation of any of the source material it was pulling from, there's no good reason why, at least from a writing standpoint, Constantine couldn't be done at least as well.
0: Oh, it absolutely could be. And clearly Penny Dreadful had a higher budget because it had yeah, at least... Vague peripheral name actors. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm not sure anybody you know, really was screaming for the next Josh Hartnett vehicle. <laughs> um,
1: but yeah, Timothy Dalton. Nice to see him. Oh <laughs> well,
0: yeah, I think he was underrated as James Bond. But I'm the only one who thinks that. <laughs> um, Ava Green was in a movie. Yeah, I'm the only only red blooded American male in the world who <laughs> does not think she's hot. She it's looks okay. severe and scary. <laughs> and no i'll i'll wait until last call and find a better <laughs> option cuz uh, i'm afraid to go home with that but uh so yeah i mean definitely had the the budget and had the yeah the freedom to do more violent adult stuff than you're going to find yeah nbc's one of the big networks yeah you know the the biggest potential kiss of death to what could be done with john constantine is the whole smoking thing
1: and they're not letting him smoke.
0: Yeah, it's uh, the showrunner whose name I can't remember at this point. But yeah, David Goyer? Uh,
1: I know he's a writer on this. Yeah,
0: I'm not sure. But, uh, yeah, did an interview that I saw on the Comics Press and said, oh, yeah, we're trying to get him to smoke, but uh, the network is really against it. And they sort of halfway, they clearly they're trying like hell. They showed him putting out a cigarette. In the pilot yeah. sitting in a bar, at least showing he's got a lighter and look, he had a cigarette in his hand. He just can't put it to his lips. Yeah. So if the, if the network won't let the man smoke a cigarette, <laughs> are they really going to let him visibly do surgery on a, a hooker demon's vampire soul?
1: May- the, maybe.
0: Yeah. No. I, the answer to this is <laughs> is a strong and firm no.
1: Right. Yeah. Right,
0: we we'll, right. we will get an electrical <laughs> demon because ooh, uh, Electro was on T was in the movie this year. So do an electrical demon.
1: Yeah, and that's you know, hey, spoilers. Uh, an interesting conceit. They they had this demon at the end that was drawing power from the electrical grid of the city. Which made me question, like, what did demons do before electricity? <laughs> they,
0: they operated on farts.
1: Oh, okay. Perhaps. <laughs> oh, no, it's the fart demon. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, that's from that Kevin Smith movie. Yeah, but that's, that's from true. Dogma. But, <laughs> but yeah, just in general, it was overwrought with exposition. Yeah. Uh, Liv, his partner character, has no character. Nope. She is there, and she is there to advance the plot and exposition to tell. Here's what this show is going to be about, and it's going to be about this woman and John Constantine fighting the demon of the week.
1: Oh yeah, and it was and it was such the you know fairy tale opening in a way like you know, oh she says to her buddy that she works with at the car rental place, which is like the most boring you know place they could have her work short of having her be a temp somewhere yeah like (laughs) wouldn't it be nice if if we had adventures you know everybody takes these cars and they go on an adventures i'd like to have an adventure someday
0: (laughs) well it's a i think it was from a red letter media's uh, reviews of uh phantom menace tell me anything about liv's character that isn't about what she does and who she's related to uh, We just watched this. So. Yeah,
1: she she likes uh Chinese food.
0: We did not see her eating Chinese food once in the
1: goddamn show. Well, they had fortune cookies.
0: Okay, well, we don't know that she likes it. That's true. We didn't see her eat the fortune cookie. I don't like fortune cookies. Well, nobody likes fortune cookies. They're a gimmick so the in bed see now we've exhausted <laughs> the possibilities of fortune cookies and it shows the general quality of the writing of constantine they did the in bed joke
1: <laughs> this is true
0: this is true so you can't tell anything no, about you it. Can't tell as of now she has no character
1: yeah well actually what we do know about her is that you know it, she wants to have adventures and she takes this opportunity of her newly discovered power uh via an amulet that was her dad's
0: that was originally Indiana Jones's because it looks exactly like the headpiece to the staff of Raw. So
1: it should totally show up in your comics storage. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: That's a callback, kids. For anybody interested in comedy terms,
1: um, this is important. This means something. <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway,
1: um, she, you know, so she wants to be able to, you know, team up with Constantine and go on like Monster of the Week Crusade or something. That's. That seems to be her. The one defining characteristic we know about her is that she has a spirit for adventure and wants to do good.
0: Uh, yeah, all of which is born from nothing. Yeah, it's just th- this is the character, and she, we're just going to have her do that with no motivation whatsoever. And fully half of her dialogue is asking Constantine things so he can talk about who he is yep. and where he's from. There, there is no reason for this character to say. John you have to tell me at least one thing about yourself. She didn't ask anything about him really before that, but it's used to get John to talk about, oh, uh, my mother died in childbirth and my father was a real prick yeah. and um, you know this is why I cry every time I ejaculate. <laughs> I'm assuming that part I'm projecting onto him cuz that's why I I'm No, go on. We're not going to air this, are we? <laughs> We've canceled the show already, haven't we? If not it's about to be canceled. <laughs> But yeah, she is there to be the power that leads Constantine and be the power of the writer to get him to talk about himself. Yes. And it's she's not compelling at all. I don't give a tin shit. You could wipe Liv out of every future episode. Yeah. And I don't I wouldn't care. I doubt anybody would.
1: Honestly, she seemed to me to be um A character that was created... Yeah, definitely a a Cypher. It's like they couldn't get the rights to Zatanna or Madame Xanadu or something and decided, you know what, we're just gonna... She'll be the daughter of somebody important. Like, I don't understand why they couldn't have gone with characters that already existed in his canon as written. Um, You know, why can't you get Gemma? You know why?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, they did go with a few. And I I wrote them down as I saw them... uh, the psychiatrist he was talking to at the beginning was Dr. Huntoon, that's Piggy Huntoon from yep. at least the Swamp Thing comics, uh, if not some of the Hellblazer ones. Uh there's Chaz, although they completely screw uh. the pooch on Chaz. Yeah. You know, Chaz as an American with any form of competence beyond driving.
1: And 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 as some sort of mystical handyman character. Here, go carve this rune, okay.
0: <laughs> yeah uh, go carve this rune and come back from the dead,
1: yeah if you just chaz's function and this is what makes him powerful and important in his own way is that he's he's an every dude and and his entire purpose for existing is to be friends with John Constantine because by doing so he shows that somebody in the world finds something redeemable enough in Constantine to be his friend, yeah when you know as big a bastard as he ever gets and and Bridges that he's burned and times that he's fucked Chaz over, Chaz is still his friend. And that's supposed to let us know that there is possibly redeemable humanity in there.
0: Yeah, and he's as close to us as we really ever get in those. He's just a dude who's there and sees some shit and yeah, has to be the human being deal with this cocksucker who yeah. <laughs> turns on everybody he, he knows almost.
1: But, you know, oh, no, yeah, go carve the Eye of Horus. I thought that was just, like, a prop from a Doctor Who episode. I just I didn't <laughs> realize it had a, a life outside of, of that. Um,
0: yeah, <laughs> if you ask Chaz in the comics, get me an Eye of Horus, he'd say, what porn star starred in that? Because that sounds like...
1: Yeah, Eye of Horus. Horace. Horus Horace at, at, at the pub? <laughs> what did he do to you, John?
0: Yeah. Eyes of whores? What? <laughs> So I did the porn thing, but I pronounced it too correctly. But, That's okay. <laughs> um, and another character, uh, speaking of betrayal, which is one of the one of the Constantine moments that I liked, was uh, with Richie, whose name I didn't write down. Um, but, yeah, but I'm pretty sure it's Richie from the uh, the first few issues of Jamie Delano's run yep. on Hellblazer, uh, the computer genius who injects himself into the network. And gets stuck, and John just unplugs him. Yeah. There's a, a nice Constantine character moment there, where Richie doesn't want to work with him, and Constantine basically says, "You work with me, or I'm going to feed you to the cops on this other thing that we did."
1: Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna set you up on a murder charge. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that was a nice Constantine moment. Yeah. Um. And if it follows at all, Richie, uh, who do we decide that was Dicky Bennett? Yeah. Played by the actor who played Dicky Bennett on yeah. Justified, who I always like to see.
1: Yeah. You know, looked.
0: <laughs> He he looks even too weaselly to be a computer geek. It's true. So
1: it's like he he learned computers while inside on like you know a robbery beef or something. Yeah, like, it's, like, uh, by
0: rights, all he should be able to do is start Excel. Yeah, but instead he's bringing down power grids. But
1: one day I was out knocking over a gas station. The next day, I next thing I know, I'm I'm learning how to be a systems admin. Yeah, so,
0: <laughs> but it's, uh, it, that's a Constantine character that uh, if they follow the comics, he'll he'll be looking for his next job soon, because he doesn't have a yeah. long half-life. Uh, Harold Perrineau.
1: Yeah. From Lost and Oz.
0: Yeah, he is... Manny. He, Manny, an angel who is Constantine sort of makes a deal with. Again, a, another decent Constantine moment at the end where you're not sure if Constantine's playing against Heaven or trying to trick them into something, but...
1: Well, it also kind of screamed of early seasons of Angel, where he's the representative of the powers that be.
0: Yeah, so you will wind up being exposition, which yeah. great. Let him be the exposition, so maybe we can get some characterization out of fucking Liv. Yeah. <laughs> they named the character Liv. Named the character Liv, they made the, the sign on, on who did this say Dev. Yeah. Whoever wrote this would be kicked right the fuck out of my sophomore <laughs> English class. <laughs> being too on the nose but I mean, Parano I like as an actor and they certainly angel him up good with weird contacts but yeah. I keep waiting for him to just scream Walt! <laughs> Walt! <laughs> so that cognitive dissonance will go away if you know he did a decent enough job Yeah you know if the show goes on for a while but you know, for right now it's just sort of alright you're all I, all I know is this thing that you did and Yeah
1: yeah um I, like I said, I want to like it. I just I found it heavy-handed. I thought the pacing was... They were moving too quickly through things that maybe should have been a little bit more decompressed so they wouldn't have had to cram in quite so much exposition.
0: Yeah, I mean... And with that pacing to get, you know, let's set everything up and let's do it really quickly in 42 minutes. Yeah. Um, the horror element was just not there for me. No. It's, okay, we're, we've got a CGI demon. Yeah, okay. The, the only really spooky moment was, for me, when Liv touched the headpiece of the staff of Raw and saw her dead grandmother yeah. combing her mother's hair and, and then her eyes go wide and black ichor or goop. Yeah, or starts to like yeah, pour out of her it's face. Like, okay, that worked. That was all right. But... Yeah, and also the electrical demon didn't work for me for whatever reason. I'm guessing the because Liv's father, Baron Winter.
1: No, no, no. We don't know that he's Baron Winter yet. Winters yet. We we know that his name is Jasper Winters, and that uh, she thought he was dead before she was born, um, and that she knows nothing about him.
0: Yeah, but let's face reality. If it's a DC comic and you've got a magical character named Winters, it's probably supposed to be. And you're the one who brought it up to me. Well,
1: and that's just it. Because I did a little bit of digging around. I mean, if they go that route, though, you know, he's supposed to have a compound from which he can never leave because he's trying to avoid um, a particular fate. Well, and that is kind of set up in this
0: one, and John pooh it away, because Liv saw him in the mirror, and yeah. John said, oh no, that mirror is out of sync, so you're seeing into the past, but that could easily be... That's true. John Constantine's a lying sack of shit, if they keep with the character and the show goes on long enough, we could easily find he's just in there.
1: It's true, it just seems like a really odd, obscure uh, character to, to cross over with, because to my knowledge, that never happened in any of the comics. (laughs) He was not in that circle.
0: Not that I remember, and we probably have, what was it, a 300-issue run? We probably have at least 225 of them.
1: And I read the the newest iteration of Night Force, and if it is Baron Winters, Baron Winters is as big a dick, if not more so a dick, than Constantine will ever be.
0: (laughs) Okay, now see, I didn't read Night Force, so (laughs) that could be interesting if that's a direction that they go in. But... What I was getting to was the they've, this is all taking place in Atlanta. Yeah. For the only reason I can think of is Baron Winters enjoyed the tax benefits given to television shows filming there. <laughs> because, okay, you're going to put it in the South? That's fine. That's great. Do Southern Gothic. Yeah. There's a huge amount of, not mythology, but, you know, folk stories. And, and that was
1: notably missing.
0: Yeah, they did a generic. Okay, I'm Electro of of Hell.
1: Electro of Hell. (laughs) So,
0: but yeah, no local flavor whatsoever. It's it's in Atlanta because it's in Atlanta,
1: right? And you know, given that we just spent several tens of hours watching another series that was based. In and around Atlanta, where even like the British actors manage like a passable Southern accent. <laughs> yeah, well, it's also
0: Hellblazer had such a. It was a London story, right? Now, in a lot of the arcs, London was as much of a character as oh, yeah, as anybody else. So to make it just sort of yeah, it's in uh, it's in Atlanta, and nobody's got a Southern accent. And uh, here are just demons we sort of uh, have pulled out of our crack until we can get to Nergal and some of the big ones that people yep. have read in the books. you know. And w- you know, when we get to dangerous habits, which, uh, I don't know, we'll give him a meth habit or something, because we can't show him smoking. He'll just have lung cancer, because uh, too much time with the headpiece of the staff are wrong.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, secondhand smoke in the pubs before, yeah. Yeah, okay.
0: <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, just... It, and it may come. It's a it's a pilot. I can really not think of too many shows where they nail the pilot. You know, Twin Peaks, Breaking Bad, Lost, Walking Dead, Walking Dead. <laughs> but most shows, particularly ones that are going to turn into Freak of the Week, you know, I don't really have any particular memories of the X Files pilot. Yeah, the only
1: reason uh, Buffy sticks to my head is because I've seen it a bunch of times.
0: Yeah, Buffy season one, compared to where it went, yeah, you know, does not hold up nearly as well. Normally when we decide we're going to try and binge, we start with season two. Yeah. Because, yeah, it's it's freak of the week, and, yeah, the characters are just not all there yet. Right. So, I, I don't want to hold too much against this pilot, but uh, there was uh, too much exposition not enough with any of the characters except for John. Yep. And no local flavor whatsoever.
1: Yeah, and I'd like to see them rectify that. <laughs> and th- they have plenty of time if the show can
0: hang on. Uh but I mean that'll uh, I that's always the question with any show, I guess. Yep. But
1: well, I mean if it's going to be on NBC, that's, you know, the home of Grimm right now. Uh
0: yeah, so they have a decent block to throw it in where people are inclined to like that kind of program. And
1: Grimm found its legs on the other hand. I thought they were doing a reasonable job with uh their version of Dracula, but that didn't make it past its own first season really. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, that show never. I know you liked it, it didn't do anything for me.
1: But, you know, well, we'll see.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'm just looking at my notes. Uh if this demon affects electricity like uh an electromagnetic pulse why would John assume the security guard could reach his cell phone? Is <laughs> his whole big thing? That's right. As John's going up to perform the exorcism on this demon, he's telling the security guard he bribed. You call my cell phone if you see this thing happen.
1: Yeah, if, this
0: demon that fucks up electricity. So, but
1: and then there was something. I swear, I swear that uh, the Dicky Betts got a Be- Dicky Betts. Dicky Betts. <laughs> Dicky Betts plays for the Almond Brothers. <laughs> Um, the, the actor that's playing the the computer yeah, guy. I,
0: I don't know the actor's name. but
1: um, I swear when he was talking about Newcastle, he made some reference to Magog. We watched it twice.
0: Yeah, it definitely sounded like Magog was... Yeah,
1: which the... is also like, okay, I don't think I've ever seen Constantine throw down with Gog or Magog. Yeah,
0: <laughs> and, and weren't they... Well, all right, Gog was sort of a... It's been a while since I read those Justice Societies, yeah. but it was sort of an entity who declared himself a god... Yeah. So I suppose on that angle, it makes a certain amount of sense. But one note I just took, because um, it bothered me watching it with all the exposition and early talk about John's background, was part of why Constantine became popular to begin with was because when Alan Moore dropped him into Swamp Thing, yep. he didn't give him any background. Yeah. Taking the mystery away from that character is a. Real mistake in in my eye. A lot of history's been built up over time, but Constantine became popular. He was just there. Yeah. He came from nowhere. He didn't say how he knew what he knew, or he was just, I hey, I'm here to guide the what swamp is... thing through the next several chapters of his life.
1: Yeah, and and now that, you know, it's like they felt compelled, no, we have to give him a backstory. We need to know that his mom died, and that, you know, that's why he felt compelled to learn this stuff. And it, not really, because I mean, if if you look at any of the books, yeah, they do get into that in some of the later runs. Not about the mom so much, but like why he chose to learn sorcery and all that.
0: Yeah, and, and on an infinite timeline, we should find all that stuff out the same way we did in the comic,
1: right? But over time,
0: but it's <laughs> I, I think it's really doing the character disservice to bring up bring up Raven The first thing we see is yeah, you know the aftermath of Ravenscar. Yeah, and to, to hear about his family, it's, it, he was very effective to start with, you know, and nobody's going to accuse Alan Moore of fucking up a comic book. <laughs> so, yeah, use that as a guide. He's just there. You know, yeah. What's he doing there? He'll tell you when he's ready, and more likely you'll find out from somebody
1: else. Yeah, so it's just the the upfront loading of, you know, I'm going to go and and, and bring back my mom angst Felt out of place, especially because there are stories where he goes to hell and brings back family members that they could have drawn upon. They didn't need to load that up front.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I, I think it. They're doing themselves a disservice telling too much and giving motivations that don't need to be there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, John's in it for himself, and you know, trying to contact his mom from beyond the grave. That's surely a selfish motive. You yeah. can make that a motive later on if you want, but this would have been far more effective if they cut all the Scar shit up front yep. and just start with this character Liv and this thing is happening and Constantine is there.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, number one, by cutting that, it means you can give Liv some characterization. You can beef out John's. Because honestly, a lot of the characterization John got was he got some of his classic lines from the comics dropped into here. I'm a nasty piece of work. Yep. Ask anybody. Yep, yep. Uh, instead of all... Tra- you know, I show up all trench coat and cigarettes standing against the dark. And this time it was all trench coat and arrogance because... Yeah, so... Because there's no... yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> a man who is in an insane asylum who conjures demons, we, we don't want kids to see him smoking because he's <laughs> a fucking role model. Yeah. <laughs> but I think... Yeah, Matt Ryan got a lot of the character right. He's got the look right. I think he's got the general attitude right. Yep. You know, I, I will certainly tune in and watch it to see what he does with it and, and hope that some of these early flaws go away. Yes. You know, it, it certainly was not an unwatchable show.
1: No, uh, if if this character, uh, Liv, doesn't turn out to be related to Baron Winters, I'm hoping that the house that they've dropped her in turns out to be the house of mystery.
0: Yeah, which could be cool. Yeah. I mean, in there, and this has been reported widely over the internet as people freeze-framed on pirated copies, which we did not watch. We watched it on YouTube. Um, Don't look at me like that.
1: I'm not looking at you like anything.
0: But uh, yeah, it's uh, in the house, uh, Dr. Fate's helmet, uh, Pandora's box, uh, maybe a bust of Shazam, uh, two or three other things. Yeah, that could bring other pieces of the DC universe into this.
1: Yeah. So there's there's potential. There there's potential in this pilot and I guess I have to remember that we we ripped furiously upon Smallville and the pilot of Arrow and those got better.
0: Yeah, and you know, even similar shows. I did not like Grimm to start with. Yeah. But by second season it really kind of hooked me in. Yeah. You know, Buffy, I didn't start watching until the fifth season, yep. so I had to go back to the first. And even then, if I'd started watching with the first, I probably would have been. Eh, there's not a hell of a lot here, right? But it certainly got better. So there's enough raw material there. They could do a good show out of it. I think they got the right guy. They don't have the right habits, and they. <laughs> uh, uh, the other thing, and this bothered only me. I didn't like that trench coat, that three quarters coat. Uh, it doesn't work for me. And that's just because I've been reading the goddamn character for so long. Well, and also
1: it it looked, it looked uh, as though costume department had scruffied it up. It <laughs> yeah, and and it just it screamed prop. Whereas it, I don't know that you can live up to the legacy of that trench coat. I, I don't think there's a good way to do it, honestly, because that trench coat has a life and a personality literally of its own by the end under Milligan, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i the the trench coat uh did not have the gravitas of say a russo's sweater vest don't do inside jokes I don't I don't mean, on this show i don't cause... mean to but <laughs> <laughs> some look, look for an extra in in uh uh, sh- <laughs> saints. I'll, I'll give the I'll
0: give the <laughs> ten second version. Uh when I was a stand up comedian uh a bunch of comedians were invited to be extras in the cathedral scene of Boondock Saints. We were not paid. We were not fed. Uh, We sat there all day in that scene, and to amuse ourselves, uh, one of our fellow comedians, Dave Russo, wore a sweater vest, and every time the director would yell (laughs) cut, all the comedians would stand up and go, Russo, your vest is going to win a fucking Oscar. I believed your vest.
1: Right, so short, short version, this trench coat, no sweater vest. Yeah, it's not Russo's vest. Nope. Write that down. That could be <laughs> not it, Russo's. It's vest. no vest. It's no vest.
0: <laughs> uh, our, oh, Jesus Christ! All right, we're about an hour and twelve minutes in. Uh, why don't we start talking about a couple comic books on this comic book yes, podcast? Um, all right. So first one, I wanted to talk about uh, Original Sin number no. five, uh, Marvel's big yes. uh, event right now, written by Jason Aaron, drawn by Mike Diadato. Uh, I got I hope I'm pronouncing that right because I really like him as an artist. But uh, so yeah, this is a uh, Nick Fury's secret history is uh is the Jack Nicholson of the galaxy, yeah, From, uh, <laughs> yeah it's uh again, we're gonna spoil the hell out of the couple of books we're gonna talk about, but yes, this is Nick Fury revealing that on top of being a holland commando and the head of shield that sometime in the fifties he took over for this character woody McCord, i want to yep. say uh
1: he's been moonlighting as the the defender of of the earth for decades,
0: yes the uh lethal enforcer of the planet Earth yes uh, Monday through Friday afternoon Monday through Thursday Monday through Thursday okay uh, he's the head of shield and on Fridays he heads out into space or underground and wipes out threats that we've never heard of in the Marvel universe yeah um so he yeah uh,
1: yeah Woodrow McCord is okay Woodrow way.
0: McCord um it's a cool concept this is the first issue of this series that I'm just not sure the concept really holds up. Cause,
1: I'd believe it though. I mean if, if anybody was, was moonlighting as the James Bond of Yeah. Um of of Earth, it would yeah, be Nick if, Fury. If
0: there was such a role beyond being head of shield, it, it would be Nick Fury. But all right, I, I stopped and thought about it afterwards. And yes, I took notes on it. I'm taking a look at him now. So this would mean that every cosmic level event cuz we see Fury out in space in a Flash Gordon suit yep. you know just wiping wiping out threats to Earth. It would yep. mean every cosmic event that happened in the Marvel universe to the planet Earth means a catastrophic failure on Nick Fury's part.
1: Yes, but that makes sense because he can't be everywhere.
0: How do you miss Galactus?
1: <laughs> maybe maybe there's some things he just couldn't handle. <laughs>
0: We we saw him. It was it was intimated in an earlier issue, and we saw in this issue him shooting a planet to death. That's true. That's true. You would think Galactus he could probably I don't know at least take a chunk out of him, make him decide. Uh, you know what, Venus? I'll take Venus out. That that'll be a nice snack. Uh,
1: Galactus is as vulnerable as anybody who writes him needs him to be. He seems like well, he. Yeah, Dazzler took him out. Kitty Pride took him out. <laughs> yeah. So,
0: all right. I, I, I guess you've got it there. But it, it means that he, he was caught completely unawares and did nothing whatsoever to stop it, at least in a way that anybody thought to mention. It, it also means that That's the other thing. Nobody mentioned it. No Skrull or Kree or Thanos or anybody has ever mentioned, shit, on my way here, a guy in a Flash Gordon suit with
1: a cigar and an eye patch took a shot at me. Son of a bitch, I almost didn't make it. (laughs) To to be fair, perhaps he was beneath their notice. They had other shit on their mind. (laughs) I
0: guess it's possible, but... On the other
1: hand, though, I I guess my question is, you know, the, the ones that got through, Nick always has his hand in shit. Are those ones getting through because that's okay? He wants there to be visibility on this because he's working this other problem?
0: I suppose that has to be the answer. <laughs> Nick Fury's always got an angle. Yeah. I guess you got to say, yeah, you know what? Uh, if Galactus gets through it'll increase S.H.I.E.L.D. funding in the next fiscal year?
1: Yeah, or it's to my benefit to raise the uh, the profile of the Fantastic Four in this case as they take on Silver Surfer.
0: And I, I guess it's possible, because that was the other question I thought of, speaking of the fiscal stuff. Supposedly, at the beginning, Howard Stark paid for all this. Yeah. And it says quite clearly in the book, oh, I outlived all these people and nobody knew I was doing this. So who the fuck is paying for this?
1: Oh, he's probably been, like, you know, grifting stuff off of, like, S.H.I.E.L.D. development.
0: <laughs> okay, so he's doing a full Batman, just taking Lucius yeah. Fox stuff and skimming it off? Probably. All right, I suppose I can buy that, but...
1: I mean, yeah, they don't... Once once Howard Stark dies, it, they don't really explain... Well, I mean, I think, yeah, I think he's, he's grabbing stuff from S.H.I.E.L.D. because he's got LMDs that are just bringing him shit.
0: All right, I... I... I can buy that, so fine. It's being funded completely on the down low through basic theft. Yeah, yeah. All right. I, that's I sp- why
1: That's why toilets cost $5,000 in the Pentagon.
0: <laughs> okay. All right, you know what? You've convinced me on that one. <laughs> but here's one thing that that really bothered me. There is a pay, and you're on that fucking page. I can see it from here.
1: Is it? Oh, yeah. Go ahead. There,
0: there is a scene where Fury is there <laughs> with a heavy rifle prepared to to kill Spider-Man when he first came out. And he's like, no, I got a good feeling about this one. Let's just see how he plays out. Do do you mean to tell... When Spider-Man came out was around the time in Marvel where Fin Fang Foom was busting shit up and Mole Man was having giant monsters erupt through the streets of Manhattan, but he's worried about a teenager who can barely get away from the Manhattan cops on an issue-to-issue basis.
1: Well, and also, I'm looking at this like... He's got a gun. It's trained on Spider Man. How is Spider Man's spider sense not going off there?
0: Like, that that occurred to me, but <laughs> I was also same way willing to accept. Uh, if that's the same gun that killed a planet, maybe it's got some nifty gizmo in it or something.
1: Maybe, but
0: <laughs> but I mean, yeah. If he was new enough that they're referring to him as the Man Spider over Manhattan, yeah, probably wouldn't even know about spider sense. So yeah, that was that was another thing. But you could also argue argue nick didn't shoot he wasn't in danger
1: nick didn't shoot he wasn't in danger and i suppose in his line of of work he's gotten to the point where he can maintain a particular stillness so that he's not detectable yeah
0: but that's not how spider sense works it's if you're in danger it fires unless you're one of two or three characters and
1: maybe 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 fury's got that that special something just (laughs) you know
0: galactus is out there getting ready to eat the world. To to <laughs> eat the world, and he he's worried about a teenager who doesn't have his shit together enough to get good press. Maybe J. Jonas Jameson was funding
1: <laughs> Fury. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Not likely. Yeah.
0: And there was one other really false note to me, as Fury is basically... He's talking about genocides that he has committed against alien races yeah. that were potentially a threat to humanity yeah wiping out entire races of people
1: okay yeah go on i have a thought after you finish
0: the the punisher says i'm okay with that and that's absolutely the punisher he won't shoot cops the punisher destroys the guilty he avoids hurting the innocent yep and it's a hell of a thing to say from you know jason aaron wrote a pretty good run on punisher max but I don't feel like he had the Punisher right in that moment at all. It really kind of popped me out of the book.
1: Well, here's my problem. If Fury has been running around committing mass genocides and destroying worlds, um, how has he never been picked up by some other galactic justice group? Because that's the kind of shit they took Jean Grey out for.
0: Yeah. it's He'd have to be so completely either...
1: <laughs> it
0: requires him to be two things at once. So excellent at his job that nobody gets away, and he never misses. And so shitty at his job that secret invasion could happen. Yeah. I mean, okay, he does this, say, Friday afternoon through Sunday with secret invasion, like, Mondays, Thursdays, and every other Friday morning.
1: I will give you a dollar to get up at one of the Marvel panels and ask that question. Uh, I don't want to, though, because I like
0: Jason Aaron as a writer. And I've really liked this series. as it has been going on, but this is the first time it's like... I get what you're doing. I just I don't buy it. I can't buy it. I think
1: it's a valid question to ask, though.
0: Uh, sure, it's a valid question. We're asking it now. Yeah. Yeah. What am I going to embarrass Jason Aaron in front of two thousand people? If I ever get to talk to him face to face, say, dude, come on. Yeah. Let Let's have a drink. I love your stuff. Come on. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> um. So uh, yeah, this issue, I just I I didn't buy it. Uh, I can sort of see maybe. Yeah, is this something to set Nick Fury up as the next Watcher? Ooh. Although we've seen in recent issues with Uatu and his wife, they can procreate. Can one even be made a Watcher? Can you be nominated as a Watcher?
1: I don't, I don't know. Or, or is this just <laughs> is
0: this as simple as yeah? We've decided we want Nick Fury to look like Sam Jackson, and we've already got another Nick Fury who looks like Sam Jackson. So let's let's give this guy one last big boom. Let's, yeah,
1: shuffle him off.
0: Yeah. You know, art-wise, I really enjoyed it. Except there was, <laughs> there were two things, and one wasn't Diodato's fault. One was uh, the big two-panel layout splash of McCord. Yep. He is in a position with an arm twisted one way and his torso twisted another. It, it, it looks like a borderline sociopath child with oh. his hands on a Ken doll. Yeah. He's really just sort of twisted way out of proportion.
1: Yeah, that that looks impossible.
0: Yeah, but that was the only panel that really bothered me. There was another another panel that bothered me, and it's not Diodato's fault. Marvel, if you're listening, can we get the fucking fold-out promo posters out of these fucking comic yeah. books, please? Yeah. Number one, they just bulk them up. Number two, they just interrupt the flow of reading the book. And in particular on this, uh, between I counted them between pages 11 and 12. you got know, one of those posters. And page 12, on the right-hand side, Diodato put... What looks like panels, but they're really just sort of artistic little boxes going up to the spine.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. So yep.
0: I really, I had to stop and flip back and go, am I missing a fucked up double page layout nope. because they stuck this poster in? And they didn't, but I, I shouldn't have to stop and figure out what I'm looking at in that
1: yeah, way. Yeah, it is an odd layout. Plus,
0: who you are you selling to, Marvel? I'm, I'm reading one of your comic books. <laughs> I'll buy whatever you're selling, probably. Right. So, yeah, it's... Not a terrible book, but this is the first one where it, uh, this series really... This is the first part of the series that's fallen down for it me. It took a turn. It did. So...
1: Meanwhile, all right. we've got uh, Rocket Raccoon Number 1 by Scotty Young.
0: Yep, written and drawn.
1: And uh, the color is by Jean-Francois Bellou. Yeah, Yeah, probably butchered this poor gentleman's name.
0: Yeah, uh, that's the problem. It's... Colorists I really need to pay more attention to because it's such a huge part of the book. I've just been trained for so long of writer artist. I really gotta start paying more attention.
1: This was a fucking fun book. This was a good time. This, yeah, <laughs> it, yeah the artwork kind of reminded me a little bit of Sam Keith. Um, yeah, I can see that in a that sort of bit. absurdist kind of sense. Um, but this was just fun. <laughs> Yeah, it's
0: basically the entire thing is, there's a little prologue, and then Rocket takes a date to a fucking wrestling match between Groot and some, some fucking thing. space yeah. slug, <laughs> and uh, finds out he's wanted for multiple murder, and goes on the run.
1: And also discovers, at the same time, that he may not actually be the last of his kind.
0: Yeah. it's uh, I, I doubt they'll go that route, honestly, because yeah. with the movie coming out, they would probably won't want to fuck with that too much. Yeah. So, We'll get a galactic chameleon type of thing. Or, right. You know, we, we saw Rocket in the early pages wearing a dude suit. Maybe it's a midget. <laughs> <laughs> Some dwarf in a in a raccoon suit. <laughs> there was a furry convention this week. I don't want to go in that direction. Ooh. Nobody wants to go in that direction. But, but yeah, it was just fun. There was funny stuff right out of the gate. The opening... Banter between those two guards. Yeah. Oh, what's that? You, you go look. I've got stripes. Stripes only.
1: You can only make the schedule. Hey, you don't have the authority to order lunch.
0: Yeah. And, uh, yeah, The and that little scene with Rocket in the, uh, the dude suit, the, the Star Wars riff, where yeah. like you seem a little tall to be doing this kind of rescue, you know, <laughs> instead of a little short for a stormtrooper. Yeah. So, yeah, it sets up just sort of the fun space opera vibe of the thing.
1: And also, yeah, the. The, the the frantic phone call he makes to uh, Star Lord, who is busy with his own crap. <laughs>
0: so- yeah, yeah he, he's on the run, <laughs> uh, on his own, and yeah, he's just did it in a, a freaking sewer. And I, I need yeah. help. I didn't. Finally, I need a lawyer. Yeah. That's ultimately his solution. Get me a lawyer. <laughs>
1: I'm gonna need you to get me a lawyer. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm just wondering if Rocket takes all his women to wrestling matches. How does he have so many exes who just
1: want to fucking kill him? Well, I'm I'm sure there's other stuff implied. <laughs> well, I,
0: actually this is just how my mindset is. I googled it and uh raccoons uh have a bone in their penis that hooks
1: up. Oh Jesus.
0: <laughs> so, which means I've googled raccoon penis and I'm on a list now. Yeah, you sure are. <laughs> so That's that was the only the, thing I could think of.
1: You and those furries at that convention.
0: Well, <laughs> What can I say? Like I said, I drank a lot yesterday. And it didn't get me drunk, but it doesn't mean I was all the way there when I was in front I of my. Still not
1: always making the good choices. Yeah, but <laughs> but yeah, that's the other. That's the fun. Hey, spoiler! Uh, but it turns out that the reason why this has happened to Rocket is there are a a cohort of women that want him dead because he's a terrible ex. For whatever reason.
0: See, and I don't know if I buy it, because nobody set me up for multiple murder yet.
1: There's a reason you don't go on Facebook.
0: Yeah, oh, Jesus, that's true. <laughs> and I do tell my <laughs> friends, I tell my friends if anybody ever asks about me to, to say I was killed in a renegade ninja attack.
1: How many of your exes have found each other on Facebook?
0: I don't know, and I don't want to know.
1: <laughs> I think it was four at last count. And,
0: and if, if if any of my exes uh, happen to be listening to the show, I love you, baby. It wasn't my fault. It was locusts. <laughs> But uh, yeah, just a good, fun, light Han Solo space road yeah. kind of vibe. Then
1: this this was a a nice counterpoint to the unrelenting misery that was the Walking Dead marathon. <laughs> yeah,
0: and, and Young's cartoony art just sets the tone. And yeah, I wasn't I was familiar with Scotty Young, but haven't read a lot of yeah. You know, I've seen individual pages and panels, but mm-hmm. the details there reminded me of like a cartoony. Jeff Darrow page because yeah, in particular that spread of the, uh, the wrestling they, match. They first reveal the wrestling match with there's just funny details in signs and little characters in the background. Well, there's
1: a nod to Jason Aaron here because there's a guy that looks like, um, like he's from the south and some and he's a, a, a trucker hat and a mullet, um, and then he's wearing a Southern Bastards jacket. Yep, nice. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and, and, and something else here that might be a nod to C. Sibolsky C. because it's a, another alien character wearing what looks like a biker vest that says Seebs. <laughs>
0: yeah, and, and big signs, blood of any kind equals danger.
1: Tentacles for life. <laughs> yeah, and
0: it looks like, is that not Lobo on that big it, teleprompter? It might the, be. The big diamond vision?
1: No, this is, well, it's a Marvel book, so it'd be more likely that it's arcade or something. Well, but it,
0: still, you could riff on other things. It looks kind
1: of like Master Blaster, that's actually. For,
0: in the new Avengers, they're basically fighting the Justice League with different names last week. You, you could put a little Lobo riff at the space wrestling match.
1: Yeah. Oh, 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 up here, uh, Hall H. They're in Hall H.
0: They're in Hall H? They're oh, in that's Hall H. fucking awesome. <laughs> There's just a ton of that kind of stuff. So
1: No weapons allowed. Also, please do not murder others. Thank you. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, And a lot of the pages and panels have little details like that. So that the more you just look at it, the more you get out of it. It's it's really a lot of fun. Yes. And, and it's fun in a way you couldn't do realistic art and have this fun. If Mike Diodato wrote this, <laughs> it would be this tragedy of this horrible anthropomorphic <laughs> thing with fangs murdering innocent policemen.
1: Or, 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 you know, giving puppy dog eyes to, like, some Sarah McLaughlin theme. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> Trapped in a sewer. <laughs> yeah. The arms of an All right. You,
0: you're fucking killing me. <laughs> I, I need booze. On, on that note, <laughs> yeah. We're going to end with Sarah. We're going to start with Walking Dead, end with Sarah McLaughlin, and I'm just going to drink myself fucking silly.
1: Whiskey for everyone.
0: No, just for us. We've established. You right. come for my whiskey. It's a pipe wrench. That, that, that's a piping oh
1: god so
0: so yeah why don't we wrap this thing up i think we're uh we're good for our topics for the week
1: i think so Yep.
0: so thank you for listening uh this is crisis on infinite mid show episode 22 um yeah you can find us at our actual web presence crisis on infinite mid com. uh you can uh find us on itunes uh yep. if you're intrepid and bold and weird enough to have, say, a Zune or a Windows phone, you can dial us up on there and subscribe.
1: Eccentric. I think the word you want eccentric, there is eccentric. Yes.
0: Perverse. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, masochist. And the, masochist. <laughs> uh, and if you find us on any of these services and they uh, allow reviews or ratings, uh, do us a favor and give us one, because uh, as we say every week, we're kind of making this up as we go, so any kind of feedback on... What would make the show more entertaining to you? We'll uh, we'll listen to it. Yes, it's if it's a good idea, we'll, we'll steal it. We'll, <laughs> we'll delete your review and just fucking steal it because that's a kind of. I watch Constantine. I'm in that mood this week.
1: <laughs> we're also on Twitter at uh, at Infinite Midlife if you uh, happen to be on Twitter. Yeah,
0: we're also on Facebook, but it, it, we have a Facebook page. I don't think either of us has been to it. In yeah, two the plugin, years.
1: frankly, has been broken for months and yeah. it hasn't updated. At so. some
0: point, we'll look at that. So don't don't look for us there. <laughs> Especially
1: y- if you're one of Rob's exes, yeah, that, totally not on Facebook. That's
0: why I am not in charge. I don't go anywhere near that
1: fucking <laughs> Facebook thing. Uh, you can also drop us an email at crisisoninfinitemidlives at gmail.com. Yep.
0: So, yeah. All right. Episode 22, that's in the tank. It is. Yep. So thank you for listening. I'm Rob. I'm Amanda. And uh, Dirk. Derp. Derp.
1: I don't think piping means what you think it does.
0: It better mean, what, <laughs> better mean what I think it does. Otherwise, I'm going to prison for a long fucking time. <laughs>